Hey, I'm Anika. You're listening to New and Approved right now on Sin. And that track there was a lovely little number called Reverie by an artist called Andy Martin, who I'm so stoked to have on the line today. Originally hailing from Cairns and now residing in Brisbane, this 24-year-old singer-songwriter is definitely making his mark in 2022, pouring years worth of emotion, time, work into culminating his very first debut album and announcing his biggest headline tour to date up a multitude of cities on the east coast of Australia. For fans of Spacey Jane, Sam Fender, Tyne Jane's Organ, and as Triple J's Declan Burns suggests, Fergus James, it's my absolute pleasure to welcome an insanely talented musician to the show. It's Andy Martin. Andy, thank you for being here. Hey, Annika, thanks so much for having me. How are you going today? I'm going well. How are you? How are you tracking? Yeah, I'm great. Um, I've just been in the gardens this morning, had a quick coffee and, you know, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to have a chat about the music. I'm excited. Nice. I'm so stoked as well. Um, And I'm excited to chat around everything that you've had going on in your world. I guess from a musical perspective, I feel like life has been like traveling a million miles an hour for you this year. Andy, how's it all been, I guess, from that perspective? Oh, it's been um, quite crazy. I set myself a bit of a goal at the start of the year. I think it was around February, March, where I said, I'm going to release an album on the 12th of August. And I had that date set and I said, all right, crap, now I've got to do all of these things for an album I've got coming out in August. So I had another six songs to record and all of the promo, all of the press, all of the media, all of the everything else. But I've somehow pulled together what I think is a pretty cool body of work. So I'm pretty proud of myself for this. Yeah, so you should be. It sounds like a really exciting body of work. And when we talk about like manifestations and stuff like that, I feel as though you set the date at the start of the year. However, you've been working towards this upcoming album um, for the past three years or so. Do you feel as though manifestation has been a big part of this overall process for you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think I set out initially when I released my first song saying I'm going to put an album out on the 12th of August 2022. <laughs> but I think um, I think the way that I've been writing and the way that the idea and the concept of Reverie came together was a bit of a manifestation from the end of 2019 to where we're coming up to tomorrow with the album release. So it's a yeah, it's it's, it's a pretty cool thing. I um, I got to sometimes take a step back and be pretty proud of myself with all the craziness going on in the world so yeah I think it, I think it's nice to be proud of yourself and try not to be an imposter all the time yeah no totally and I definitely feel that um and I guess this kind of album it taps into lots of different themes um and it's kind of soundtracked the past since as you said 2019 um of your life essentially tell me a little bit more about the themes I guess coursing through it um and a little bit more about the kind of history of the album and body of work in full so Reverie, I suppose, yeah, once again, we said we said it started in 2019, but it, it flows through the themes of obviously heartbreak and relationships and kind of in the while it's happening and moving forward from that, it also touches on, I don't know, general mental health awareness, anxiety, depression, things that I've struggled with over the last couple of years. Um, and then coming into COVID and the craziness that was that, um, there, there are a couple of COVID songs that are on the album and that's how, once again, going into that reverie conceptualizing of the album, reverie essentially is defined as a dream state and being in, and not, basically not being in your, not being present in the moment. 
So I think the idea of the album was a lot of the time when I was writing the music, I actually wasn't present in the moment. And that's how a lot of the songs came together because I wasn't really focusing on the present. I was focusing on what happened two weeks ago or focusing on what's going to happen in the next month. And I couldn't really be present in the moment. So I think Reverie kind of accumulated from all of those sort of feelings. That's interesting. And like through writing it, were you able to become present or is it still because it feels like a bit of a reflection, especially the single track Reverie and I'm sure the body of work as well. Um, Do you feel as though writing it, you were in the present? Is that kind of a bit of an escapism almost? Oh, it, it is an escapism. But at the same time, I also don't think I was really present a lot in the la- over the last couple of years. So I think um, a lot of these songs came together with me sitting on my floor, just playing my guitar. And it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it is funny to reflect on it now. Like a couple of the songs on the album are fully just like depression songs, whether they might sound like happy, upbeat and fun, <laughs> energetic music. I think that juxtaposition of the happy, clean melodies of the music that I enjoy and the music that I like to play and deep diving into the lyrics, which a lot of artists do, I suppose, but it's just a, it's a funny thing to reflect on because it's so happy and so fun, but you're like, oh, this is a really sad song when you actually listen to it. Yeah, no, that's so interesting. And I feel like in some ways that can kind of come back to like influences and who you're listening to and all that kind of thing. And I know with this body of work, you worked alongside an array of different different people, musicians and all that kind of thing. Um, how do you feel as though each of those different people really influenced the identity of Reverie as a body of work? Well, um, so the, the three producers that I worked on the album with were um, Aiden Hogg, Mason Rowley and James C., um, James and I did a lot of my initial recordings out at Airlock Studios in Brisbane and we worked quite closely together um, from a musical standpoint. So I'd come to him with ideas and then we'd refine them and we worked, we worked a lot on the pre-production phase of the album and um, I think um, James has a, an ear for pop writing and he really, really likes pop music and I think some of the melody in how I wrote it and the simplicity of some of the work, I think James really influenced me with that um mason is more electronic production so mason um and i work together on somebody else and with you on the album and somebody else is the most dancey track of the album um when you listen to it it gives me kind of um like sam fender you're not the only one vibes if you know that song or if you know sam fender um and then Aiden is just an absolute monster. He's so good behind the desk. And similar thing to what I was saying about James, Aiden and I um, recorded Reverie, which is the track that you heard today, and um, At Least You're Trying, which is the opening track of the album. And um, he just has an ear for it. He has an ear for pop writing. And I'd come to him, I'd say, hey, Aiden, why don't we try this? He goes, no, nope, doesn't need it. I'd be like, sweet. I'm, I'm, going with, I'm going with my gut, which is telling me that you're right. So I think all of them had the pop sensibilities that I loved but also were really good with things like guitar tones which is a thing that I'm really interested in when playing the playing the music and like really pretty synth lines and things like that so I think they all brought a similar influence to me but all have their own original bits and bobs thrown in there as well so yeah as I said I think it's a pretty cool project and body of work and I think the way that I set the track list really like highlights everybody's strengths as well. Okay, yes. Tell me more about like that track list and the progression of the album in full. 
Um, so I opened up the album with At Least You're Trying. And this is a song that I actually didn't write about myself. I wrote this song about my girlfriend. Um, it's a it's a song about waking up in bed and not wanting to get out and just not feeling too crash hot. And that's just a thing that people go through. And um, yeah, At Least You're Trying, I think it really sets a precedent for the album. And it's a great opener. It's got punchy drums, punchy bass, um, pretty guitar melodies. And that's for that's where I think the fans of Time James Organ will really tap into that song. Um, then we flow through and go Reverie. It's the title track of the album. I think it needed to be up there as one of the first things you hear because it's obviously what I based the album around. Um, somebody else, Dancy, it's a fun one. It's ready to go. It's um, That's a dance floor song. Um, and then we go through to Mess We Made, which is the first song I wrote that really like started propelling things a little bit more, like Triple J success, got played on there a fair few times, Spotify success, getting more people streaming and listening to the music. Then from there, my favourite song on the album is With You, and that's coming in at number five. Um, With You is a similar, like a fun, dancey song, but to me it's just like the way that I like to write it's, short sweet pretty pop music with guitars and cool funny things hanging around and then the second half of the album kind of leans into the COVID feelings and that's why I wanted to tap into that a little bit more so tracks like dream world and not that easy are upbeat rock pretty much rock songs mm. then I'm used to this is another pretty melodic song and it's got an extended outro for the album and I think it's really like a nice point of reflection for myself and for the album itself. And then the last two songs, I wanted to highlight a couple of my other skills, I guess. I play the trumpet and I play various other horns and things like that. So in Heat of It All and Don't Go Without Me, I highlight those within the songs as well. And Don't Go Without Me is just like an acoustic song. And I think I needed to add something like that to round out the album because when I write music, every single song starts the acoustic guitar. No matter what, no matter what, I could be thinking I'm going to write an electronic pop song, but in the back of my head, if it doesn't sound good in an acoustic guitar, it won't translate well to an audience. So that's the album that's conceptualized top to bottom. It sounds very stacked and like there's a lot in it and definitely a culmination of the different kind of feels, almost tones and textures of like the lockdown kind of process as we've kind of all been through it. Um, it sounds very exciting nonetheless so Andy. And when you speak about like audiences and all that kind of thing, you are hitting the road very, very shortly and you're going to be performing all these tracks um, on your headline tour, the Reverie Tour. How are we feeling about it all? I'm super excited. First shows next week. We go bang, bang, bang. We got three shows, three nights, the full band. Um, I think this has been something that I've been excited for for a while. Um, in the craziness of what's going on, like what, like what we were speaking about with work, COVID, releasing an album, touring, moving house, all of those like crazy chaotic things. I think sometimes it's hard to be really excited, but I know that when I'm there, the shows will be absolutely going off. Um, it's people can just expect a lot of fun. That's all I'm going to say. It's going to, it's a really polished set. We've got great supports along the whole tour and I'm just really, really excited to be playing for people again. Yeah, it sounds as though there's going to be a really wholesome like community vibe around it, especially you've got a lot of like emerging artists kind of supporting you. Um, so I'm really like, it's really awesome to see that kind of sense of community coming through. Yeah, 100%. I think that's really important for any musician because we find like in, in a lot of industries, it is a bit of a friend's club. But I think if you can elevate 
who's around you and work with emerging artists and even more established artists, depending on where you are, you can build your own sense of community. And I think that identifies you as an artist. And I help, I think that also helps like identify your brand and who you want to be by the people you're around and the people you're working with. So I think, yeah, I think that building a sense of community is super duper important. Yeah, it's very wholesome. And hey, speaking of community, yeah. we're coming to the end of our chat today. Um, but if people want to kind of spread the vibes, spread the wholesome vibes in the online community, um, where can they find you online, Andy? Um, all of the standard places that people listen to music. So your Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Amazon, all of that. Um, if you want to find me on social media, the handle for Instagram is underscore underscore Andy Martin. And you'll see a pretty pink logo when you look at that. And um, if you want to find me on Facebook, it's Andy on the socials. So if you want to find any information on shows, my music, if you want to listen to the album, you can find anything there. Stunning. Well, thank you so much, Andy, for jumping on today. Really appreciate the time. No, thanks so much, Annika. Really appreciate it and hope you like the album. Bless. I'm so excited to get stuck into it. Um, but for now, you're here on You and Approved with, as Andy said, myself and Nika. You're here on Sin. And this next track that we're going to get into is called Rainbow Lightbeam by a really cool artist called Dirty Versace. Let's do it. <laughs> 